do need the church. That's for sure. All right, Genesis chapter number 28. We're going to pray, and then we'll jump into this and, and uh, see what the Lord has for us here this evening. So let's pray together and ask God to speak here this evening. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we are so grateful. Lord, tonight, as, as was just saying, we're grateful for the church. Lord, the place, the people that you've brought here, uh, Lord, as this body of believers. And Lord, thank you, Lord, for each one of them, Lord, their families, Lord, all that they mean, Lord, to me and my family. Lord, I pray that you might, Lord, help us to, Lord, understand, Lord, the uh, importance and be grateful, Lord, for the church you've given us. And Lord, as we look at your, your word tonight, Lord, I pray that you might help us, Lord, to uh, Lord, understand what Jacob's commitment was, Lord, to be able to apply it to our lives. And Lord, I pray that we would uh, see some truths from this chapter uh, that would help us here this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you're in Genesis chapter number 28. I'll just say this before we jump into it tonight. Uh, I think the, the, when, when we think of the word uh, committed or, or commitment, uh, we would all agree very, very quickly that um, the, the idea of commitment is getting to be very much a foreign thing in our world on, on all levels. And again, tonight we're going to be talking about being committed to Christ or committed in your Christian life. Uh, but even in, in, in the worldly sense, people don't want to be committed to anything. Uh, they want to do what they want to do when they want to do it, and they don't want to have to follow through with, with commitments, uh, whether they be financial commitments or commitments in relationships uh, or commitments to a job or commitments to uh, other things in life. People are seemingly uh, more than now more than ever uh, have tried to get away from any type of thing where they would have to commit to it. Now, Christians are no different. Uh, it seems like it is harder and harder and harder for us as Christians uh, with the, the pressure that Christians get from the world to be committed to Christ. We don't mind uh, following Christ. We don't mind obeying him. We don't mind sacrificing for him as long as it's easy to do, as long as it fits in my schedule or in my life or where I'm at, as long as there's not people making fun of me, as long as it doesn't cost me anything. I don't mind being committed to Christ. But true commitment is commitment whether it's easy or whether it's hard. And uh, it, it seems like more and more, I, I, I feel like personally in the last couple, two or three years, the, the attack on the commitment of Christians, or you might say the, the test of commitment for Christians, uh, has been greatly enhanced. Uh, from the, the, the pressure that we get from the lost world, the pressure that we get from Satan uh, in, in everything that takes place around us. People are afraid to say things. They're afraid to do things. They're afraid to go places. They're afraid to do anything uh, that would align them with Christ or with the church or with living holy because of what someone might think or because they might have to suffer a little persecution or punishment or, 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 or something here or there because of their commitment. But let's look at this chapter, and I, th I think of some things in here that I believe will be a help to you tonight. Genesis chapter number 28. Let's kind of walk through this a little bit. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. We'll read about the last half of it. But I want to mention the first verse, so if you look at it with me, Genesis chapter 28, verse number 1, the Bible says, And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him. And charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Notice verse number two. He said, Arise and go to Pandanaram to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. So I want you to notice in this chapter, just kind of introduction to it, uh, that we're going to look at a time when Jacob is on his way uh, to uh, basically to, to get a wife or on his way to Laban's uh, place. And there's a couple reasons for it. First of all, we see... Uh, 
uh, in verse number one, he's on his way there because his father told him to go there, all right? So he's uh, obeying his father and headed there. I want you to also understand that prior to this, um, you, you understand what ha- took place as far as the blessing uh, and between him and Esau, and Esau was not happy with Jacob at all. Uh, Esau was out to kill Jacob. So Esau had a lot on his mind. Esau is not just going to Laban's because uh, on, uh, his father said so, but he's going there because uh, really he has a, a death threat on his life from his brother. So think about in your mind as we read this story tonight, all that must have taken place in his mind on this trip to head to Laban. All the pressure that he's, he, that he's got. Really, I, I look at it uh, as, a, as a, for, for Jacob as a young man, uh, really probably his first going away from leaving home, leaving his parents. And he's got a lot in life to deal with with this. But jump down. Let's skip several verses. Let's go down to verse number 10. Pick it up where Jacob leaves and heads there. The Bible says in verse 10, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. The Bible says in verse number 11, And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. Now the Bible, the way it lays out verse number 11, it would, it would definitely indicate that Jacob did not necessarily have intentions of stopping here. The Bible says the sun was setting, the day was coming to an end. There's not a motel, there's not a place, a structure that he can stay and stop for the night. But he's obviously not going to make his whole entire trip that day. So the Bible says he lighted upon a certain place. And he chooses to literally sleep out under the stars. So he chooses to take some rocks from that place and to make a pillow, and he lays down for the night. Now, what takes place next in this story, I don't believe by reading it, Jacob had any idea that this was about to take place. He comes here, a lot of stress on his mind, a lot of pressure, probably a lot of apprehension about what's going to happen when I get to, to, to Laban's place and what's, what's you know, is, is my brother after me or is you know all the different things that must have taken place in his mind and he lays down and he's tired and he's under pressure and he lays down and goes to sleep that's where we pick up our story the bible says in verse number 12 and he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and behold the angels of god ascending and descending on it now church family picture in your mind what he's dreaming in his dream in his dream, he sees a ladder. It goes all the way from earth to heaven. The, the angels of God are, are going up and down the ladder. Then look at the next verse. The Bible says this, And behold, the Lord stood above it. So in Jacob's dream, there's a ladder. In Jacob's dream, the angels are going up and down. In Jacob's dream, as he's here on earth and he's looking up the ladder, he sees God at the top looking down. And God's about to speak to him in this dream. The Bible says this, And behold, the Lord stood above it, verse 13, and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. Now, now, church family, God's going to make some promises to him, but the first promise that he says, he said, Hey, listen, I'm the God of your father. And he says, the, the, the land that you're laying on and sleeping on tonight, this is the land that I'm going to give you. And he continues on in verse number uh, 14. He says, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And then the last uh, phrase of this verse, so important, it says, and 
in, in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Uh, obviously, we understand that to be because of Christ uh, uh, coming through, through, his, through, through, through that line as far as Christ blessing all of us, even us today, uh, with salvation. All the families of the earth were blessed because of him. Look at the next verse. The Bible says this in verse number 15. All, all of that was really future for Jacob. Then God says this in 15. He says this, and behold, I am with thee. And will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. And I will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. So God tells Jacob all this stuff that's going to happen in the future. How the, hey, listen, I'm going to bring you back to this place. Your seed's going to be as the dust of the earth. How that I'm going to give you this land that, that, that you're laying on. And then God says, hey, listen. There's a lot, and if, if, if you can give me a little liberty to, to paraphrase a little bit what God said here tonight. Jacob, I know there's a lot on your mind. Jacob, I know you're under a lot of pressure. Jacob, I know that you have apprehensions about what's going to happen when you get to Laban's. And I, and I know that all of that's taking place. But Jacob, he says this, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to keep you, and I'm going to bring you again uh, to this land. Now, if you know the rest of the story, you'll understand how God kept his promise with Jacob. Jacob goes to Laban. Even Laban said, hey, I'm blessed because you're here. There's something different about it. And how God, uh, God not only gave Jacob a family and children and all that, but God gave Jacob, Jacob wealth. All, all that God allowed to be multiplied as far as in, in that day and age, it was uh, really in the form of livestock and wealth for him that God allowed to take place at Laban's because why? God said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to take care of you. All right, now, if, if there was a key verse to this passage that if, as you read the whole chapter that just, to me, just jumps off the page, it would be the very next verse. The Bible says in verse 17, uh, sorry, in verse number 16, and Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. The church family, read that last part of the verse with me. And I knew it not. Now, I don't know if you've ever woke up and had, a, had some kind of a dream. I, I don't know, but maybe everybody's different. I would say most, most nights, I don't remember if I dreamed or not, okay? I just, I don't, I don't remember it at all. But every once in a while, I'll wake up. And you ever wake up and you have a dream, you think, man, how did I dream that? Well, what a crazy dream. What a, maybe it was a nightmare. And you think, oh, go on with the, go on with the day. And, you know, it, I might have another dream like that. But, you know, you, you go on with life. Something's different about this time when Jacob wakes up. Jacob wakes up. And he thinks about the dream that he had. And he understands this is not just a, a dream or something that I thought through my mind as I was sleeping. He realized God was here. Amen. Amen. And God spoke to me. And he realized that here I was under all this pressure, laying sleeping under the stars with rocks as my pillow. And I had no idea that God was here. Now, church family, this is not the message tonight, but the parallels with this verse and the church to me are so clear. This place, Jacob calls it Bethel, which means the house of God. And I wonder how many times young people come to services here and adults come to services here, and God speaks to us, and we're not even aware. 
And we don't even stop and think, oh, well, that was just another service. Do you know it's special when God speaks to you? When you're sitting in a service and there's a voice inside that says, hey, you ought to change this in your life or you ought to take note of this in your life, do you realize how special that is? Do you realize that people go through life and never hear that voice? Do you realize how many Christians go through the Christian life and don't hear God speak and go day after day after day after day and do not ever experience the presence of God? Now, to me, when I read this story and I think about Jacob and I think about him just lighting on a certain place, making a little stack of rocks, laying down, going to sleep, probably trying to forget part of what's going on in his life, having a dream, and then waking up and saying, surely the presence of the Lord was here and I knew it not. Now, church family, you ought to thank God every day and every time that he speaks to you. Because who are we that our creator would speak to us? That he would care about Barney Smith's life. That he would care about which direction I'm going or what decision I have to make or where my life is spiritually and what I need to, what I need to do to be the Christian for him that I should be. Now, that's not the, really the, the, the thought of the message tonight. I want you to think, moving on, what happens next is this. Jacob says this. So he says, the, the, the presence of the Lord was here and I knew it not. Verse number 17, the Bible says, and he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place. Now, if you, if you, if you look up the meaning of the words there, he, he was not scared of the place as in, let me get out of here. This is a scary place or this is spooky or I don't, I don't, I don't want to be here. It was not like that. It was an awe of the presence of God. God actually spoke to me in this place. He, he was fearful, not, not being afraid of God, but in, in, fearful in, in, the, in the fact of, am I, am I right with God? Am, am I doing right? I'm, I'm in his presence. It's a, it's a dreadful thing, all right? Look at, look at the, what he says also. He says, it's, uh, how dreadful is this place? This is none other. Look what he says. But the house of God and the gate of heaven. In Jacob's mind, he says, hey, listen. This is, this is God's house. This is where his presence is. This is, this is, this is like the gate of heaven. If, if, if I had a doorway to heaven to be able to, to go and talk to God, it, it would be this place. Look what happens next. Verse number 18, the Bible says, And Jacob rose up early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put for his pillows, and he set it up for a pillar. Now, church family, that word pillar means memorial. So he set up this stone in this place as, as a memorial. Hey, I'm not going to forget this place. This is where God's presence was, all right? So he set it up for a memorial, uh, for a pillar, and his Bible says, and poured oil upon the top of it, and he called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of that city was called Luz at the first. Now look at verse number 20. The Bible says this, and Jacob vowed a vow, all right? Now I want you to think about the commitment that Jacob made to God, and then I'm going to look at a different part of this, but just as, as way of introduction, let's look at his, inner, his, um, his uh, commitment to God. So Jacob says, hey, listen, this is the place of God's presence. I'm going to set up this pillar. This is, like, this, this is the house of God. This is like the gate of heaven. And he says, hey, listen, I'm going to make a vow. The word vow means promise. 
I'm going to promise God some things. Here's what he says. He said he's made a vow, and he says this. He said, if God be with me and, and, and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Now, now, church family, think about what God did for him when he went to Laban's. God did much more than that, much more than providing his food and his clothing and taking care. God blessed him. All right, so he said, if God does that, he said, verse, in verse 21, he says this first, then shall the Lord be my God. Now, I, I have no doubt that Jacob, many times growing up, had heard his father talk about God. He, he grew up in what we would call a Christian home. Now, his, his home was not without problems, okay? They had lots of flaws. But this idea of God was not a foreign thing to him. But he says, hey, listen, I'm going to vow first off, God, if you, if you do what you said you're going to do and you take care of me, God, you're going to be my God. In other words, there's not going to be other, any other gods in my life. Now, we're not going to read it, but if you go to chapter number 35, when he comes back, when he comes back with his family, before they get back to Bethel, he told them all, what did he say? Hey, you guys get rid of the, any strange gods that you have. We're not going to have any of these idols. We're, we're going back to Bethel. He told them, change your clothes and be clean and so on and so forth. And, and he told them several things. Why? Because he said, God, this is my, this is my vow. If, if you take care of me and you do what you said, then, then God, you're going to be first place. There's not going to be any other gods in my life. Now, I, I, I understand our application with this. Most of us are not worshiping idols, I hope. All right? Uh, in the sense of a little statute. But how often is God not first place in our life? How often is it God here, and I have a couple of little gods here, and I have a couple of little gods here, and depending on how my life's going is which one gets the most of my attention. Jacob said, God, if you do what you said, then, then you're going to be my God. Look what he says next. The Bible says not only was, was he going to put God first, he also says this, verse 22, And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. Jacob made a commitment to God concerning this place, concerning this stone that he had set up as a pillar or a memorial, that, hey, listen, God, if you do what you said, not only you're going to be number one, but this place is going to be a special place. I'm marking it with a pillar and, and, and this is a memorial, and God, this place is going to be special. Now, I, there's a lot of application we could take with, obviously, it was called the house of God, called Bethel. And obviously, uh, there ought to be commitment in the life of a Christian when it comes to the house of God. Uh, not, not just attendance to the house of God. I know that's what we would think of first with commitment. But all, uh, 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 the, the, the idea of being committed uh, to the house of God uh, when, it, when it comes to being a part of it, when it comes to praying for it when, it, comes to, when it comes to just supporting the church family. Jacob said, hey, listen, God, I'll make a vow. First, you're going to be number one. You're going to be my God. Secondly, this place, this pillar is going to be called Bethel. Look what the last part of that verse says. He says this. And he says, of all that thou shalt give me. Now, keep in mind, Jacob, he had not, I don't believe he had a clue about how much God was going to give him when he was at Laban's. But he said, God, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a promise to you. Everything that you give me in this life, you, you, God, you do what you said. Everything that you give me, I'm going to give you, he says, a tenth unto thee. So that's Jacob's vow. That's Jacob's promise. That's Jacob's commitment. I have a quick thought for you tonight, and we'll be finished. I want you to think about this tonight. What caused Jacob to vow? What 
caused Jacob to be committed in these areas. Now, church family, we could talk all night long about, boy, I wish that we were more committed. I could say that about my own life. Boy, I wish I was more committed to God. I wish my life was more surrendered uh, to what God wants. I wish I was just more in tune with what his perfect will was on a moment-by-moment, day-by-day basis. But I want to look at this passage, and I want to look at why was Jacob committed why did Jacob make these vows? I, I think the, 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 the principles and the truths that are taught from this passage are very, very applicable to us today. Look at the first one. Look at this. Look back in verse number 15 and 16. God, God talks to him again in, in verse number 15. And look at the last little sentence there in verse number 15. The Bible says, Jesus, or God says to him, Until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Verse number 16, the Bible says, And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Can I tell you the first reason why Jacob was committed? Is because he heard God's voice. Hey, you know what's going to cause you and I to live a life that's committed to God? It's when we hear his voice. Do you know how you hear his voice? It starts with his word. It starts with me taking time to listen to God speak to me from his word. Now, I understand God doesn't just speak through his word. God, God speaks through that little voice inside of you, the Holy Spirit of God, that little still small voice. And it might not be when you're reading your Bible. It might be when you're going through your day that God speaks to you. I, I realize that God can speak to you, I believe, through the man of God, where the God uses your pastor to be able to, to speak to you and to give you, give you direction and help you to know what the will of God is. But do you know why Jacob was willing to say, hey, God, I, I'm, I'm going to commit. You're going to be number one in my life. Hey, God, this place, this, we're going to call it the house of God. And God, everything that you give me, I'm going to give you a tenth, was because he heard God's voice. He heard God's voice. Can I ask you tonight, as you stop and think about it, do you look for times to hear God's voice? Is there a desire in your heart that God would speak to you? Is, is our coming to a church service like this tonight just to fulfill an obligation. I've, I've got to go to church on Sunday night because that's what I'm supposed to do. Or do we come to services and say, boy, I hope that I hear God's voice tonight. I'm looking, I'm listening for God's voice. Can I tell you, when you hear God's voice, that's going to help you be committed. When you're looking for God to speak to you, that's going to help you say, hey, listen, God, you're going to be number one in my life. I want you to see secondly, we'll be quick tonight and be finished. I heard, I, I see this here. Not only did he hear God speak, verse number 17, here's, here's what takes place next. The Bible says, and he was, what's the word? Afraid. Do you know what caused him to be committed? You know what caused him to vow? Was what we would call the fear of God. Amen. Hey, church family, in your life, when you think about where the areas that you're committed or the areas that maybe you're not committed, do you ever think about your, about your life and think maybe it's because there's places where we struggle in fearing God? Do you know where the fear of God comes from? Fear of God comes from this book. Fear of God comes from time that I spend with him. You know, sometimes we, I think, I, I don't think, you know, in, in this building, uh, there's several places where there's cameras. 
we don't think about God watching us. Uh, the pastors talked about it in the college, I think it's in the, the um, uh, conference room, how there's a camera in there, and he can actually, with his phone, I believe it is, he can actually speak through the camera. So if they're studying in there, or they're, maybe they're not studying in there, he can say, hey, what are you doing? You know, if, if our life, if we thought about God in that sense, our fear of God would be a lot greater. But yet our Bible does say that the eyes of the Lord are where? In every place. Do you know why Jacob said, hey, I'm going to make a vow? Because in this place, God was here. He spoke to me. He actually talked to me. I have no problem being committed to you, God. I have no problem making you first place, making this place your house and, and, and giving a tenth of all that I have. Why? Because I heard from you and because I fear you. Look at the last thing here. We'll be finished here this, this evening. Look at this. Not only did he fear God, I want you to look also in verse number 20 and 21. The Bible says this, and Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. Jacob's commitment was based on God's faithfulness. What caused him to be committed was he trusted the faithfulness of God. A church family, if your commitment in this Christian life is based on, God's, based on God's faithfulness, you're going to be committed because his faithfulness does not fail us. Amen. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob says, God, hey, if you do what you said, you take care of me, then, then God, I, I'm committed. I'm going to make a vow. Hey, can I tell you what, what ought to cause us to say, God, I, I am willing to be committed each and every day. It's knowing that he never lets me down. Yeah. I can trust him every day. I can trust him with everything he gives me. I can trust him in the relationships in my life. I can trust him with the, with the finances that he gives me. I can trust him with, with uh, the, the unknown situations that I might face at work or in life or throughout the day or the, the trials. I can always trust him. That ought to make us say, listen, I'm willing to be committed. Now, church family, I don't know how the Lord would speak to you directly in this simple, short thought tonight. But when you think about your life, are you committed? Do you seemingly bend to the pressure that this world puts on us every day? Do we just bend to the pressure of our flesh? And do we just say, well, God, I would put you first in this area, or God, I would do this for you, but, and make excuses? Or are we willing to say, hey, listen, God, I'm committed. God, I'm all in, and I'm all in because I hear your voice, because you speak to me. God, I'm all in because I fear you. I fear what would happen if I didn't obey you or I didn't follow your will. And last but not least, God, I'm, I'm all in or I'm committed because I'm trusting in your faithfulness. Amen. Hey, simple thought. I, I'm, not, I'm not a deep preacher, all right? It's just, it's very simple. But I hope you'll think about your life tonight. And I hope you'll ask God in 2022, help me, help me today, help me tomorrow, help me this week 
to live a life that's committed. Help me every day to be looking for your voice speaking to me. Help me every day to remember to fear you. Help me every day to live a life that's committed to you because of your faithfulness to me. Hey, church family, our life is so short. Are so short. It's going to be gone before we, before we realize it. You do not have time as a Christian to not live a life that's committed to God. This is your opportunity of your own free will to say, God, my life is yours. I'm, com I'm committed to your cause.